you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to By the Book. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 54. We've been talking about uh, some different things, and I'm trying to get to uh, a focus on the the human being, us. We've already talked about the human spirit. Uh, We have talked about the body, and we want to talk about the soul. We kind of introduced that last week, but just that quickly, I need to take a break. We're going to get back to that topic. It's important, but we are nearing Thanksgiving, and even though this uh, episode comes out on a Friday and Thanksgiving isn't until next Thursday, uh, this is our only opportunity to, to spend some time talking about it. And you know, we need to talk about Thanksgiving. Originally, Thanksgiving was a day of giving thanks to God uh, for harvest blessings. And uh, it has changed dramatically. Uh, somewhere along the line, it's become more about football and, and turkey. And those things are okay. There's nothing sinful about football and nothing sinful about turkey. But uh, Thanksgiving is a holiday. It had been celebrated for many years when President Lincoln then declared it a national holiday in 1863. Uh, Finally, 1941, Franklin Roosevelt made the fourth Thursday of November, the official nationwide uh, day and date for celebrating uh, this very, very sp- uh, precious and, and wonderful time. I want to remind you that it's a holiday. Now, that term holiday gets thrown around a lot. But, you know, holiday, the word holiday is actually a contraction of two words the word holy and the word day. It's a holy day. So we quickly throw that together. It's become holiday, but it's a holy day. And I would challenge you, as I challenge myself uh, coming up to this special day, to make sure that we take the time that is appropriate to give thanks to God for his blessings. Sometimes people don't even spend any time, as far as I know, giving thanks on the day of Thanksgiving. And sometimes it's been turned into thanking other people. Uh, Sometimes it's almost people thanking themselves. I'm so thankful for all that I've done. But you know, it's a time of giving thanks to God. And of course, our nation is running away from God, so it's no wonder that Thanksgiving has lost its meaning in many, many circles, many, many families, but I'm trusting that won't be the case for you. And I'd like to to challenge you, whatever your setting might be in your home, I don't know who you'll be with, I don't know where you'll be, but if you're the person who makes some of the decisions and kind of governs the activities of that day, I hope you'll set some time aside 
where the people with whom you are gathered are just invited at least to express their thanksgiving to God for whatever it might be. It might be thanksgiving for their salvation, thanksgiving for God's blessings, thanksgiving for their family. Uh, I don't know what it might be, but I do know this. It's important that we take this day, here it is a national holiday, that we take this day and make sure it is a spiritual day. Maybe not all day. You're going to watch the football games? Okay. Have a great meal. That's fine too. But I hope, even if you have to get off by yourself, because it is a, a national holiday, we should be thankful every day, but because it is a national holiday, we should give some credence to that and do our best in the setting where we find ourselves to give that opportunity or take that opportunity to give thanks to God. That's one of the great exhortations of Scripture, and that's really where I, I want to spend our time in this episode. I want to take a few places in the scripture that talk about thanksgiving, because thanksgiving should not be limited to a single day, but we need to learn what the Bible says about thanksgiving. We're certainly not going to exhaust that topic in this episode, but I tell you, the challenge of thanksgiving is a, a pretty incredible challenge, and I remind myself and I often remind people in a counseling setting or maybe just in a conversation that it is not necessarily, not necessarily a matter of feeling thankful. Now, we should. I've got so many things for which to feel thankful, and I want to express that thanks to God. But this whole idea of thanksgiving is a, a broad theme in the scripture with a very, very broad challenge. So let me start by turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. You might have your Bible. If you do, I hope you'll open. <clears throat> if not, maybe you'll give some thought to it later. <clears throat> but at 1 Thessalonians is a great book. The church of Thessalonica was a great church. And Paul writes this first letter. It turns out to be five chapters. It wasn't written in chapters, but it's five chapters in our Bible. And when you get to almost the, the end of the last chapter, Paul gives a number of just brief, simple challenges. It's like he would like to write a, a huge book on these topics. But he, he stops and just says, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, one of them in verse 16, rejoice evermore. What a great challenge. Then verse 17, pray without ceasing. The need to have that, that continual attitude of prayer, always ready to pray. Sometimes prayer is our last resort. Prayer should be the first thing we do in given situations. And then he's got some others in verse 19, quench not the spirit. Verse 20, despise not prophesyings. 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 
uh, verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. You see these brief little challenges. Well, verse 18 is in the midst of the list. And here's what Paul says. He says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, the first thing I want to point out is that Paul says this challenge is the will of God. This is the desire of God for us. This is what God wants us to do. It's his desire. It's his will for us who are in Christ Jesus. One of the marvels of of getting saved is that you are taken by the Spirit of God, you are taken out of Adam, and you are placed in Christ. In Adam, the Bible says, all die. Anybody who is unsaved, they are spiritually in Adam. When you get saved, the Spirit of God puts you in Christ. And so it's a challenge here for those of us who are saved. If you've never been saved, you need to get saved. But if you are saved, you are spiritually in Christ. You are a believer. You are on your way to heaven. And Paul says, I want you to know that you who are in Christ, Christians, it is God's desire that in everything you will give thanks. I want to clarify the challenge here. I've heard people say that no matter how bad things are, there is always something for which to be thankful. And uh, I want to say that's, that's truth. I don't think there's any question about that being true. There's a lot of things that happen in life, and uh, they can be hard to deal with. They can be heartbreaking. But the challenge of this text and the challenge of other texts that we're going to look at today is not simply like, boy, I'm glad things aren't worse. Uh, I broke my leg, and I want to thank God that I didn't break both legs. Uh, I had an accident, and I want to thank God that I lived through it, and so on. And that's good stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to suggest to you, and we're going to look for this uh, message in other texts, I want to suggest to you that the message is give thanks in everything. Give thanks, not because you did not break both legs, but by faith, and it takes faith, And again, it is not feelings that are involved here. I don't feel very good when I break my leg. But it is an an act of faith where I recognize God is doing things or allowing things beyond my ability to understand. But there's a reason, if we can pick on that broken leg for a moment, there is a reason why God allowed me to break my leg. There's a reason why he allowed that. 
Now, maybe in discipline, he did that. And sometimes people latch on to that maybe a little bit too much. You know, I broke my leg. I think God's punishing me. Well, if there's a reason for God to try to get your attention, then make sure you you submit to it and you get to God. But you know, there's a lot of times where God is not making you break your leg, but you get a broken leg and God allowed it. And we might say, well, well, why? Why did God do that? Well, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know this. I know that God loves me and God loves you. And there's a whole lot of things that go on in life that we do not understand. But it is a challenge to our faith when something goes wrong to give God thanks. Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand why you're doing it. I don't understand the purpose. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do in response to this total thing. But Lord, here's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks by faith. Because again, you are doing something beyond my understanding, but I want to offer you praise. I want to offer you thanksgiving. Now, I want to tell you something, at least uh, something of a personal testimony. There are times when uh, I have given thanks uh, with tears because of the hurt of a situation. But I've tried, and I encourage you to do the same thing. I have tried when things happen as quickly as possible, whether they be good or bad, to give God thanks. Lord, I give you thanks. I submit to you. And in in submitting to you, and as a testimony of my submission to you and your will and your plan, I give you thanks. I don't understand, but I, I know this. Someday I will. Someday I'll see the, the larger picture of what God is doing. And I want to yield to that now by faith. Let me turn to another place in Scripture. Again, if you have your Bible, I hope you will turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 20 is the verse that we're going to get to, but I want to point this out to you. I I often try to point it out in preaching settings that it is important and valuable for us to read the Bible in sentences, not just in verses. And again, I remind you that Paul, for instance, wrote letters. He did not write chapters and verses. Uh, the chapters and verses came later. They are, they are not inspired. They're helpful many times, but sometimes they're, they're not helpful because uh, the message of the writer, be it Paul or John or Peter or Jude or whoever, can get lost, the larger message can get lost when we simply read a verse or two and we don't read the sentence. So here in Ephesians 5, I want to read to you a sentence. It begins in verse 18. It doesn't end until the end of verse 21. So it is a sentence of one, two, three, four verses. And by the way, if you read Paul's writings in Ephesians and Colossians and you go by sentences, 
you're going to find some pretty long sentences. This one, one sentence, four verses. Take the verses out of the sentence, and there is meaning that you can gain, but not the broader meaning. So here we are, Ephesians 5, verse 18. The first thing Paul says is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that's where the verse ends, but if you have your Bible open, you will notice that the verse ends not with a period. Sentences end with periods. This verse ends with a semicolon, and it does so because the sentence has just started. There's a lot to it. Verse 19 goes on, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then that verse ends with semicolon. Verse 20, which is what I want to get back to in just a few moments, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The sentence hasn't ended yet. The verse ends with a semicolon. And then verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And then we get our period. So if you have time, I would challenge you to go back and read verses 18, 19, 20, and 21 as a single sentence. Read those verses together as a single sentence. Go back, think through it, meditate on them, see what's being said. But let me give you some suggestions that what Paul is trying to teach is that we need to be filled with the Spirit. And he contrasts that with being drunk with wine. Now, we need to be filled with the Spirit. When you are drunk with wine, believe me, you're, you're living in a way you don't normally live, and you're talking in a way you don't normally talk, and on it could go. Well, let me tell you, on the other side of that, when you and I are filled with the Spirit, when you and I are living under the control of the Holy Spirit, we will live differently, we will talk differently, we will act differently, and that's what God wants for us. God wants us to live under the control of the Holy Spirit. And then there are some evidences of that and some reflections of that that are brought out then in verses 19, 20, and 21. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Listen, you might not be able to sing well in church, but you can have a melody in your heart to the Lord, and that should be a part of your life. You are speaking to yourself and to others in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're just rejoicing in the great truth of God. And then verse 20, and here's the verse I really want to get to. Listen to it. What a statement it is. And remember the context. Remember, it is in the context of living under the control of the Holy Spirit, because you and I will never fulfill verse 20 if we are living in the flesh and living in our own strength. But verse 20 says, giving thanks, giving thanks, not necessarily feeling thankful, but giving thanks. Lord, I give you thanks giving thanks always, continually, 
for all things unto God and the Father. And you give thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How is that possible? How is it possible to live giving thanks always for all things? Well, I want to tell you the only way you and I can successfully do that is, first of all, as we've seen in the text, we need to be living under the control of the Spirit of God. By the way, you don't have to ask the Spirit of God to control you. You simply need to yield to him. If you're saved, the Spirit of God lives in you. He indwells you with the intent of transforming you and changing you and strengthening you. So you don't have to say, oh, Spirit of God, come and fill me. Where will you come from? He's in you right now if you're saved. He's in you. All you have to do is yield to him, and he is ready to take over and guide you and direct you. The challenge to give thanks is in the context of being filled with the Spirit. But I want you to know it is also in the context of you and me looking beyond this life. You and I have to look beyond this life. This life doesn't end all. This life doesn't end all. All that happens in this life is just leading us to eternity. And you and I are challenged in the Bible to live with eternity in view. You know, all things don't get settled here. All problems don't get settled here. All things are not made right here. There are hurts and heartaches that we will endure in this life that will not get settled in this life. There are wrongs that won't be made right until we are finally with the Lord. And so again, what a challenge this is to my faith and to my perspective. Can I look beyond this life and the the hard times and the difficulties? Can I look beyond these things to realize God is going to make everything right someday, and someday I will understand, someday I will realize and recognize why God did what he did, what he was trying to accomplish, what he did accomplish, I'll learn things that I can never learn in the here and now. And that's why we are called to live by faith and not by sight. Sometimes we'd like to see, but we can't see. But our faith lays hold of eternity. And we can give thanks for all things, even though we're hurting, even though we're struggling. We can cry out, Lord, I give you thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because I know that eternity is going to resolve it all. And therefore, by faith, I give thanks for all things. Wow. That's not an easy challenge to accept. Uh, That's not an easy challenge to to live out. Not an easy challenge to teach or to preach, but it's biblical. Well, then I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. 
I love Philippians chapter 4. It's got such a great challenge for us. And as a matter of fact, when we uh, get on with the series and get back to talking about the soul, which is where I hope to get to for for our next episode, but we're going to end up back here in Philippians 4 because it's it's critical. But I want to look beginning in verse 6, and we're only going to go through verse 7 in this episode. But here's what verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. Boy, that's a great challenge. Be careful for nothing. Don't be filled with cares. In fact, the idea of being careful uh, for nothing is the idea of, of be careful that you don't get so upset that you can't function right. Don't be driven to distraction. Maybe in your own life, or maybe you've heard other people say, I'm so upset, I can't think right. I'm so upset, I can't get my work done. I'm so upset, I can't, whatever it might be. And we can lose our focus because we can get so stirred and so upset and so defeated by people or by the circumstances that we're dealing with. And so Paul's exhortation here is, be careful for nothing. He said, don't let that happen. But, he said, but in everything, boy, we've seen that, haven't we? We've already seen that, Ephesians, or excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. Uh, Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks for all things, and so on. So here's, here's Paul again, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is kind of a more intense prayer experience. Prayer, the term prayer is, is the most common term for prayer in the Bible. It's, it's petitioning God. It's going before God, and it can include a number of things. Prayer in the general sense can include uh, confession and, and thanksgiving and praise and petition and so on. So Paul says, by prayer, your prayer life, and supplication, the more intense experience of asking and begging. And then he says this, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, what's the picture here? Well, the picture is that the believer is obviously in trouble. He's struggling. He's battling. And that's why Paul has to say to him, listen, don't be driven to distraction. Don't get so upset that you can't function, but rather pray, supplicate, beg God, but do it, here it is again, with thanksgiving. Lord, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for what's happening. I don't understand it. It's hurting me. I'm struggling. I'm battling. I'm defeated. But by faith, I give you thanks. And then Paul says, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, then he says, let your request be made known unto God. So when you give thanks, Lord, I give you thanks for what's happening. I don't like it. It hurts. Whatever it might be, I give you thanks. But then, Lord, here's my request. Here's what I ask you to do. Isn't it wonderful that God invites us to the throne of grace where we can thank him and we can praise him, but we can also petition him. We can ask him, and he wants us to do that. So he tells us that 
There should be prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Give God thanks. And then the freedom to let your request, whatever it might be, be made known unto God. And you know what? If God is willing, that God's not always willing to do everything that we ask because he sees things better than we do. But if he's willing, God will go ahead, respond, and uh, answer your request. Now, why is that important that you and I do that? Well, verse 7 takes us a step further, and it's wonderful, because then he says this, and the peace of God. I want to tell you, there's a lot of people who live without peace. The peace of God. In fact, he says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. You ever experienced that? I mean, the idea of these couple of verses is somebody's in a situation where it would not be normal for them to have peace. They're having a difficult time. They can't function. They can't do the things they need to do. And all of a sudden, there is available to them a peace from God that passes all understanding. They get it, and they can't understand why they have it. And then it says that that peace of God shall keep. That term keep means to guard. So guard your heart. That's the deepest part of your being. And it will guard your mind. And as we're going to be talking about in the future, that, that's the battleground. That's the battleground for the Christian. But this peace of God will guard our hearts and will guard our minds through Christ Jesus. Now, I want to suggest to you that the key in this text to getting that peace is that when you pray, you give thanks, even for the difficulty that you're dealing with. Thanksgiving. Make sure you give thanks. Give thanks to God on Thanksgiving Day. But I hope you'll give thanks to God every day. Lord bless you until next time.